0: Good morning and welcome to worship. Our Holy Gospel is from the 17th chapter of Luke, beginning at verse 11. Glory to you, O Lord. On his way to Jerusalem, Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. As he was going into a village, ten men who had leprosy met him. They stood at a distance and called out in a loud voice, Jesus, Master! Have pity on us. And when he saw them, he said, Go and show yourselves to the priests. As they went, they were cleansed. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, he came back praising God in a loud voice. He threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him. And he was a Samaritan. And Jesus asked, Were not all ten cleansed? Where are the other nine? Was no one found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? And then he said to him, rise and go. Your faith has made you well. The gospel of our Lord. Invite you to uh, pray with me this morning, our Holy Spirit prayer and our time of meditation together. Come Holy Spirit and fill the hearts of your faithful and kindle in us the fire of your love. Send forth your Spirit, and we shall be created, and you shall renew the face of the earth. God, who by the light of the Holy Spirit, who instructs the hearts of the faithful, grant that by that same Holy Spirit we may be made truly wise and ever rejoice in his consolations. This we pray through Christ our Lord. Amen. Taken at face value, our gospel passage before us today, it is an also oh familiar story of the ten lepers who have, are being healed, with only one, only one returning to give thanks. At face value, it's a story about gratitude. But when we take a much deeper look into the context of this story, this is a profound encounter with the divine. It's a story about the kingdom of God and the very essence of what is the kingdom of God. This is also a story that obviously is contextual. All of the stories and the encounters with Jesus have a context. We know that people with leprosy were considered outcasts. They lived on the fringe of society and culture. They lived lives ostracized from their families. They lived lives that did not have any form of productive work or a livelihood in society. And even their welcome, even their welcome into the religious community was questionable and it had very strict limits as to what they could and could not do. We know that these people who had leprosy, they lived and scrounged for what they could find by begging, begging for whatever may have come their way through the pity and the compassion of others. I believe that we are once again, we need to be reminded that Jesus is, Jesus is the living presence of the divine in the world Through his incarnation, by becoming human and walking the earth, his divinity was present through his life and through the things that he encountered with people during his life. And even though that reality was not fully revealed, because we know from Scripture that most people still didn't get it. They didn't quite Understand. Even the disciples, for the longest time, didn't really get who Jesus really was. But Jesus was the living presence of the kingdom of God, and through his divine humanity, the very presence of the kingdom of God was revealed. And in this story, this encounter with Jesus, it reveals to us that through the eyes of God, and I think that's one of the things that we have to remind ourselves of, is when we are encountering Jesus and we are reading and we are seeing Jesus in the midst of these stories, that we are literally seeing God in the flesh. And God is looking upon each and every one of these people. And he is looking upon these people with the eyes of God and with the heart of God. And through this encounter with Jesus, he reveals to us, through the eyes of God, who is in the kingdom of God, who is invited and who belongs. It reveals to us the difference between what society and culture and the world's definition of inclusion is and what God's kingdom reveals to us about who is included and who belongs. You know, there's one thing that we human beings are good at. We're good at making boxes. We're good at drawing lines. We're good at deciding who's in and who's out. And you know what? The day when each and every one of us is with God in eternal life, I think we're all going to be surprised about who's there. And there's going to be some people there that we probably drew the line with and said, we didn't think they were going to be there. That's not for us to judge, but we as human beings are really good at drawing lines. And yet, I think Jesus, by his very presence in the world, revealed to us something about what the kingdom of God really looks like. And about who is actually invited and who belongs. Not only was this man a leper, he was a Samaritan. We know all too well, we know all too well that discrimination and segregation was alive and well during the time of Jesus, just as it is now in the world that we live. And the lines that were drawn and the Samaritan was not on the right side of the line. This man had at minimum, this man had a minimum of two strikes against him. He was both a leper and a Samaritan. And yet Jesus enters into this man's life, and the kingdom of God comes near to him. The kingdom of God is revealed, and Jesus says to this man, I see you. I see you. My love, my grace, my healing power. It is not just for those on this side of the line. My love, my grace, my healing power, it is also for you. And you are invited to be a part of my kingdom, the kingdom of God. Because in the eyes of God and in my eyes, as Jesus looked upon him, Jesus said, with my eyes, I accept you and you belong. You have an identity with me. And you are included in the kingdom of God. I love what Deb Thomas says about this Samaritan leper's response. She writes, I I wish I had the ability to articulate with words the way Deb Thomas does. She says that this Samaritan leper's response, his thankfulness is the kind that wells up from the deepest caverns of his yearning and sorrow. Can we, can, can, can we even begin to realize what that might be? His thankfulness is the kind that wells up from the deepest caverns of his yearning and sorrow. His is the kind that takes nothing for granted. His thankfulness and gratitude is the kind that notices how rare, how singular, and how gorgeous grace. I love that, I, that whole concept of grace being gorgeous. We've, have we even thought about that before? Has that thought even entered into our minds? I mean, that's a new one for me, to describe grace as being gorgeous. His thankfulness and gratitude is the kind that notices how rare, how singular, and how gorgeous grace is when it comes, when it comes within the context of comes to the borderlands and says, Come on in. Yes, even you, you, who are looked upon as being a foreigner, you who are looked upon as being an outsider. Yes, even you, come on in. His gratitude is the kind that finds God's inclusive welcome stunning. Wow. When was the last time we thought about God's inclusive welcome is stunning. It makes me wonder and ask that question about the inclusiveness of God and His love and His grace and His acceptance. Has it hit us as something that is stunning? And I think that's a question for all of us to seriously ponder and consider for more than just a fleeting minute right here in this sanctuary. And I challenge you this week to think about that word. Think about these phrases about God's grace being gorgeous. Think about God's love and God's acceptance and God's inclusiveness and the way in which God's kingdom is revealed to us in Jesus Christ, that it is something that is absolutely stunning. I wonder, when was the last time that either you or I were stunned by the inclusive love and grace and forgiveness of Christ? How often do those moments happen in our lives when the grace and love and acceptance of Christ is so overwhelming, so awe-inspiring, that we are left speechless, that we are brought to tears of joy, and we are filled with total humility because of Christ's love and grace. I'd like to think that perhaps it's something that we actually experience every day, but we just simply don't know it, or we're just simply not conscious of it. I mean, I I think one of the things, that, as as Americans, as people who live in a relatively rich culture, we live in such a, a, a level of comfort that sometimes we take for granted what it means for us to actually live within the midst of this grace and love and acceptance from God. And I think we have to remind ourselves, in the midst of our affluence, we have to remind ourselves what Martin Luther reminds us of. We know that within Martin Luther, he carried a piece of cloth in his pocket. And oftentimes he would pull out that piece of cloth, and on that piece of cloth, it was written, We are all beggars. And I think we need to remind ourselves of that, even in the midst of our affluence and our comfort and as being the people who are in that we are yet in the eyes of God, we're all beggars. Perhaps we need to remind ourselves each and every day again and again and again that we are baptized children of God and that Jesus calls us that God, God has actually taken the time of day to actually recognize me and to call me and claim me as one of God's children and he has affirmed upon me, God has affirmed upon me that I am one of his children. Isn't that stunning? Isn't that something that's gorgeous? It's a message that should stun us into the realization of his love and acceptance for us. When I consider being stunned and in awe of God's love and in the grace of in my life, I'm reminded of the words of the psalmist in Psalm 8. And I think that perhaps... Maybe David got it pretty darn close when he was considering the awesomeness of God. He said, Lord our God, how majestic is your name in all the earth. And when I consider your heavens, the works of your fingers, the moon, the stars, which you have set in place, what is mankind? What am I? What am I that you are mindful of me, a human being? What am I that you care for me? Lord God, you have made me a little lower. You have made me a little lower than the angels, and you have crowned my life with glory and honor because you have called me one of your children. That's stunning. The story before us today It's a timely reminder that the inclusive love and grace and acceptance of Christ is available and is accessible to all. That's in the eyes of the kingdom of God. It's a story about the kingdom of God being revealed. And the question before us today, as I have mentioned before these last couple of weeks, as I quote the Reverend Kent Knudsen, are we aware of it? Do we trust in it? Do we respond to it? Are we grateful for it? Or another way of putting it, perhaps, is do we realize each and every day how it is that God sees us? Six years ago, when I preached on this passage, I left you with a challenge to consider practicing gratitude. When someone asks you, how are you, try saying or choose to say, and consciously be aware of your sense of gratitude and respond with, I'm grateful. Someone has suggested that practicing gratitude is a m- muscle memory, and if you practice it long enough, it simply becomes a part of who you are. It will become a part of your DNA, and you will be made whole, and you will become what God intends you to be all along. I'll leave you with these, this final thought. I read somewhere that the secret of life is gratitude noticing God's grace, seeing goodness, paying attention to God's healing, stopping to take in blessing, and then giving thanks. Giving thanks for the ordinary and extraordinary graces of God in your life. And so I leave you with these words that Jesus left the leper with that day. Get up and go on your way and live into the wellness of your faith. Amen. And now we pray together the prayer our Lord taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen.